You're listening to The Secrets of the X-Files Returns, Season 2. Brought to you by the StarQuest Podcast Network and our many generous supporters. Mulder, I've seen it. I've seen it again. Of course there are ghosts. I'm here to offer you a deal. Do you mind if I smoke? I don't know if any god is listening, but I am standing right here. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of the X-Files Returns, Season 2, where we discuss the deeper layers and meaning in the most recent season of The X-Files. Joining me today on the panel are Jimmy Aiken. Hi, Jimmy. Howdy, Dom. And Maria Johnson. Hi, Maria. Hi, guys. So so glad to be here. So um, for uh, listeners, your longtime listeners, SQPN, you've, you uh, recognize Maria's voice. She's been on Catholic Weekend and Secrets of Star Trek and, and many other of our shows. And so uh, I'm just happy to have her here with us to discuss the X-Files. Uh, so X-Files, this is uh, season 11 of X-Files or the second return season, um, just sort of as a as a backdrop. Um, in 2016, they aired a, the uh, the 10th season, which was 14 years after the ninth season of X-Files uh, and the and seven years after the second feature film of the X-Files. And. And so we kind of we're picking up this whole the whole X-Files, what, what have you, with uh, David Duchovny as Fox Mulder and Gillian Anderson as Dana Scully. We've picked it up from there and we're continuing on both with the mythology and with the uh, uh, the the the, uh, the basically standalone episodes, um, in two thousand ten uh, two thousand sixteen the the tenth season it was a six episode mini season, and then they picked it up for a longer you know, two years later now a longer ten episode season which just wrapped up uh, this past week as we're recording this. Um, so. Uh, Let's just start, you know, with your your background, each of you, like with the X Files. Were you were you fans from the beginning, way back when? Did you follow it all the way through? Um, what has the X Files been been for you, uh, Maria? Wow. Well, I I started watching it when it premiered, and uh, in fact, the opening episode that starts with March six is my birthday, and I always thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> and uh, so there's a little piece of trivia. But I just I just fell in love with the show from the very beginning. Um, I was pulled by the alien aspect of it. But what ended up happening is that it actually the show played a big part of my reconversion to Catholicism, if you can believe it. Wow. And uh, and uh, it probably also led me to this, you know, this geekdom geekdom of uh, SQPN because I started on those early remember when the internet was terrible threads <laughs> yes <laughs> i was involved in all of those x-files uh days so i was a big big hardcore fan from the beginning oh wow i want to hear more about how it was uh, um uh, instrumental yeah. as we go as we go along uh in your con- uh, reconversion uh but jimmy why don't you give a little bit of your background with the x-files so um, when it first came on back in the early 1990s, I uh, had just moved out to California and it was kind of a big life change for me. Uh, my wife had just passed away and I'd come to work for Catholic Answers. And I saw this uh, pr- uh, promo for this upcoming series called The X-Files and it looked interesting and I needed something to do with myself. So I started watching and ended up uh, watching all the way through the original nine seasons 
Uh, it had ups and downs the first seasons, like on most TV shows, I thought, you know, especially in hindsight, I think are a little shaky, but then it kind of hit its stride and delivered some really good episodes. One of the things I liked about it is its turn towards humor. Uh, because that was something they weren't originally sure was going to work for them, but they took a risk. And actually, the humor episodes, the, which are kind of self-parody at times, they're some of the best episodes. I really enjoy those. Um, I remember when the first movie came out, it was, a, it was a major turning point. It paid off a lot of things the series had been building towards with the alien conspiracy. Um, Unfortunately, when they came back from the movie, which they originally thought was going to be the end of the series, when they came back from the movie, something had gone out of the show. They weren't exactly sure what where, where they needed to go, and they were kind of scrambling a little bit plot-wise. Eventually, they had trouble with... Uh, you know, actors uh, wanting to move on to do other things. David Duchovny in particular wanted to do other things. And so he was semi-written out of the show and they brought in some new characters and they eventually kind of lost interest in the alien conspiracy in its original form. And they introduced this super soldiers plot that wasn't as good, but was okay. They still had some good episodes. Then the series got canceled, and we had a gap of a number of years before the second movie came out, which was terrible, um, and is, I think, pretty universally disliked by X-Files fans. But then we got the six-episode miniseason a couple years ago, and it was kind of mixed. Um, people thought that some of it was good. Some of it was not so good. In general, most people seem to think that this new 10 episode season is is better, that it's kind of the series has kind of hit its stride again and is a step up from the previous six episode series. Yeah. So <clears throat> my background with X-Files actually begins several years into its first run. When it first came out, remember, Fox Network was still pretty new, so it wasn't everywhere. And I was living in Steubenville, Ohio, where I had a black and white TV with two channels um, and neither of them was Fox. So I didn't I didn't start watching uh, X-Files until I, I moved back to the Boston area several seasons in. And it was tough for me to get into it because, of course, as a as an, it's it's sort of episodic, but it's also a, you know what we've come to recognize as a arc series uh, sort of unusual for the for the for the for network TV back then, I guess. Um but I, I I eventually did get into it. Um, some of it I like better than others. I'm not a horror fan. I don't like horror gore things. So some of the episodes were a little too much for me. But I liked the conspiracy stuff, even if it was a little confusing at times. Um, and I watched it all the way through the first the first run and watched the first movie. To be honest, I don't know if I ever if I ever even saw the second movie uh, at this point. I either blocked. I either blocked it out. It's, it's not a big deal. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I think I feel like they just ignored it with the, when they brought back, you know, in 2016 with the tenth season. And like you, Jimmy, I thought the tenth season was uneven. It was short, um, and that this uh, new, this eleventh season was better. Um, so let's so let's talk a little about um. This 11th season, then, because uh, I want to kind of focus our discussion there. But we can refer to earlier stuff. Um, we we start the 11th season where, oh, at first, uh, as our as our required, this, there are spoilers in, in this. We're going to discuss spoilers in this. We can't help it. So if you haven't seen the entire 11th season and you don't want to be spoiled, pause, 
until after you've seen all the episodes, then come back uh, because you just can't help but spoil it. Um, so that's our, our standard disclaimer. So we pick up the 11th season right from where the 10th season ended, uh, which was a cliffhanger. And yeah, it was kind of a cheat, don't you think? <laughs> it was totally a cheat. I mean, this was this was basically, you know, what happened in in you remember back in the 80s, there was the nighttime soap Dallas right. and the actor Patrick oh Duffy gosh. had left the series and then they wanted to bring him back into the series. But the only way they could think to do that was announce the previous entire season had been a dream because they killed him off. Because they killed him off. And yeah. and so so th- that was viewed as a huge cheat by the audience. It's an infamous moment in TV history. And this is basically the same thing, because the previous season ended with the release of the alien virus and Mulder is on the verge of death. And it's urgent that Scully finds their son so that she can use his alien genes to heal Mulder. And every the world is ending. And it's finally the big payoff that we've been building building towards since the beginning of the season series. Um, and then all of a sudden, nope, it was all a dream or like even, rather a possible <laughs> prophetic vision Scully was having. Even to the point where there was a, uh, there was an alien spaceship hovering over them at the, like the very last scene. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. So, yeah, so that was, it, uh, that was one of the, 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 the weaker moments in the whole transition, yeah. but you know, they do that a lot is, is that they, you know, Scully is full of all of uh, a history of this kind of having prophetic dreams. And, and I mean, the whole entire first run was that mess, right? You know, dreaming into the future and then discontinuity, I guess. This, this it was really just not good continuity. That's one yeah. of the interesting things about Scully is she is our skeptic. She is, you know, Mulder is completely bought into every conspiracy theory that has ever been uh, voiced, every weird uh, supernatural event. He's he's bought in 100 percent. Scully is is the is that interesting combination of a science, a scientist, skeptic, religious person um, who is in herself sort of uh, has to live out some of the st- uh, you know some of these aspects of this alien conspiracy theory. Yeah, you know, we we know from the original series she was experimented on and that she was um impregnated and uh and and you know uh, uh, without um with her, well as we find out in this in, season in a, in a strange way. In a strange way. Uh, you know, they think it's it's Mulder's son. Uh we find out in this season that it's uh, it's not Mulder's son. It's the infamous cigarette smoking uh, man who is actually both Mulder's father and the father of Scully's baby. It, he, like a, he claims, we, you know, we haven't right. had a paternity test. Well, that's true. It feels a little bit like a, like a soap opera in that sense. Um, but but Scully is. A, Can I just interject? Yeah. I almost threw up in that episode to think of it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that was just a shock thing. It really doesn't play any significant role in the plot. It's just something that the cigarette smoking man says in the first and the last episode for shock value. Whether it's true or not is something they hypothetically could explore in the future. Um, by the way, while we're we're talking about this season, we might want to mention its structure because right. the the it, even though this series does have a loose arc to it that develops over the seasons. Most of the episodes are standalone. And that's basically what they did in this season. Um, They basically had 
depending on how you want to count them, two or three of the 10 episodes were ARC episodes. The others were all standalone. And the ARC episodes, uh, especially the, the first and the last two, were written by Chris Carter himself, um, the, um, uh, the show's creator. And I was talking about this uh, recently with you, Dom. I, I view Chris Carter as kind of like Gene Roddenberry, the creator of Star Trek. Um, he had an idea for a series that turned out to be really good in some respects and that really caught the public consciousness. But he himself isn't that great of a writer. And <laughs> right. so if you if you read, if, if you watch the Chris Carter episodes, especially the first and the last, the writing is just awful, especially in that first one. He has this tendency. And, and if you go back and watch episodes in the original series that he wrote as well, you have the same thing. He's got all this hyperventilating, overblown monologuing happening by the characters in a non-diegetic fashion. So they're not actually, no one's actually giving these speeches. They're just kind of verbal tone poems happening over uh, the action to give a little bit of backstory to the viewers in a semi-poetic way. And, and, and no one's actually meant to be speaking this dialogue. And it's, it's really awfully stilted. And I find Chris Carter episodes frequently just painful to watch for that reason. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You're talking about Mulder's entire drive monologue, right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Was, in, the, yeah. in the first episode of the season, I, I, I have to admit, I I didn't watch anything after that first episode. I was so disgusted by I just did I just so disliked that first episode. I'm like, well, I guess that's the end of X Files. I'm not watching the rest of this. this. If this is what it is, it was so terrible. Like, you know, it was every scene was a character monologuing. It was so boring, <laughs> and yeah. it got me mad because this this is supposed to be the heart of the show is the is the alien conspiracy theory stuff. And we just get people walking through scenes, monologuing, like, uh, you know, giving discourses on the on the the conspiracy. It was in an overdramatic fashion. Right. Right. And while the the last episode, uh, so they, they've called they, the, the way that they've um, named them, they, the, they, they, they're my struggle. One, two, three and four. The first and last episode of every season. So it's sort of the conspiracy arc. The revival seasons. Yeah. The, the revival season. And so the last episode wasn't as bad which is faint praise uh yeah but still was although, although, confusing discont discontinuous it was it wasn't it wasn't good yeah and it had things in it that um that that really honked off a bunch of the fans including actually uh, Jillian Anderson apparently really was not a fan of one of the very final things in uh in the last episode of the season um <clears throat> so in the last episode of the season uh we have a bunch of apparent deaths um Reyes appears to die Skinner appears to die Cigarette smoking man appears to die. Mulder and Scully's son appears to die, but then we find out he's not dead. Mm -hmm. All of these are comic book deaths. None of these people are really dead if they want to bring the actors back. This is just a way to get the actors into a position where they don't have to bring them back if they do another season. Um, but well, can, can I say right off the bat, though? Yeah. They open with that really terrible cliche of they show you the end and then. 18 hours earlier or whatever it is, you know, two days earlier. Mm -hmm. And so they open with 
Mulder getting shot by the cigarette smoking man. I knew right from that moment that that mm-hmm. was the boy getting shot. I mean, uh-huh. am I alone in that? <laughs> like, no, it's, no, 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 because he's a, he's he's already proven to be a shapeshifter, and it's not uh, right. It's not a yeah. it's not a leap. Or, and, or, and it's the great well, irony. He, he can he can cloud people's minds into thinking he's somebody else. Right. Thinking. Yeah. Yeah. And and it was, and it's the great irony <laughs> because it's the cigarette smoking man wants you thinks he's his son and wants to find him and so it w- it would be a great irony if he shoots the one son that he's trying to find and that sort of you know stuff yeah. it's just overwrought overdone yeah but so then at the very end when Mulder and Scully are standing on the pier together uh Scully out of the blue reveals to Mulder that she's pregnant and and this is supposed to be an amazing miracle because she's infertile and apparently cigarette smoking man is not the father this time it's Mulder and this is supposed to be a touching moment and and someone on Twitter I saw on Jillian Anderson's feed described it as the most romantic story ever abominably told. And, <laughs> yes, and, I saw that tweet. <laughs> yeah, and Jillian Anderson's post was like, I hear you people, believe me. And then she has an animated gif of Scully just looking disgusted and shaking her head. And so yeah. it seems that Jillian Anderson herself was not a fan of the uh, of the pregnancy revelation out of nowhere. And we may not get a payoff on that because even though Chris Carter has said he'd like to do more X-Files, and even though David Duchovny has said he's fine with doing more X-Files, Jillian Anderson has said that she is not doing more X-Files. Mm. So if she sticks to that, and you know they could always offer her more money, but if she sticks to that, then we wouldn't get a payoff for that pregnancy. So... So that's the low points of this season. Uh, let's talk about the among, other episodes. Among, among the low points. Among the low points. Yeah, but those are the lowest points. Among the low points. <laughs> In my estimation, they're the lowest points. <laughs> what about what about the rest of the season? Do you have a Do you have a favorite episode from this season, Maria? Yeah, I, I actually I actually like the one with all the numbers that was the uh, the sushi episode. Uh, uh, it's called RM Nine SB. All those all the letters for it. Yes, um, that cracked me up. Mm-hmm. It was the most uncomfortable episode ever because it was so little dialogue in it. Um, but I thought, I mean, I thought it was a show for today, for real. Mm-hmm. It, you know, with the um, yeah, outside of the X Files, even you know, just so much of the of the world is is occupied with technology and and automation. I by really the way, like that episode too. The, yeah. the title, by the way, decodes uh, like in hexadecimal to followers. Which yeah. is um, also the name of the Jap- in Japanese of the restaurant they're in, and uh, followers obviously are what you want in social media, and yeah. so that that's what that title is playing off of. But they've they've given the episode an unpronounceable title. <laughs> um, I like it. I like that episode. I thought it was a lot of fun. Black Mirror has done similar yes. things, exploring the dark side of of modern social media technology and stuff like that. Um, I also I liked I really liked the uh, the episode the lost art of forehead sweat. Yes, um, very which funny. Was by by Darren Morgan and Darren Morgan is one of the best comedy writers for the X Files. They had him in the previous season where he did the best episode of the previous season, Mulder and Scully meet the Wear Monster. Right. Um, and brilliant. Any, yeah, any Darren Morgan episode, I I really want to see because he is a really fun writer 
And he does really cool stuff with the characters. And very clever. I mean, it's not just straight linear storytelling. There's this you know, back and forth. It's 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 complex, but not com- not complex like Chris Carter complex, but complex where it's a, it makes an interesting story um, and you can follow it. Um, I, I wasn't as much a fan of some of the political stuff they kept trying to insert and not in just in this yeah. episode but to all the episodes i mean whether you're a fan of trump or not i just does everything have to be about presidential yeah. politics today give give it a rest hollywood i mean right come on yeah so i mean it's something i know that it's supposed to be the fbi and stuff like this but you know it back in the original run it wasn't about clinton and it wasn't about bush <laughs> you know what i mean they didn't bring the presidents into it very much if at all i don't even recall any um but this time they really felt like they needed to do that. Um, I I liked I liked that episode. I thought it was really funny, and it ended with that typical X Files. Did it really happen, or didn't it really happen? Is it you know are we you know are we supposed to believe that it's oh it was just a guy being crazy, or maybe it was true? So it was I, I like that uh, that typical X Files sort of ending. Um, yeah. For people who, who may be wondering what that one is, um, it, the plot involves a character named Reginald Murgatroyd who uh, comes out of nowhere and claims to have been Mulder and Scully's partner in the X-Files all along. And and what the episode does with that is it explores something known as the Mandela effect, um, where people have false memories of of Nelson Mandela's biography. This is a real thing. You can look it up on, um, on, on Wikipedia. Um, but the Mandela effect where people misremember history is a real thing. And some people have, I don't know if they're being tongue in cheek or what, have proposed that the explanation for the Mandela effect is people sliding back and forth between parallel realities where <laughs> Nelson Mandela did have a different biography. And so, um, so Reginald Murgatroyd shows up out of nowhere, claims to have been Mulder and Scully's partner all along, even though they don't remember him, and uh, seems to have evidence supporting this. But then he gets discredited and taken off to a madhouse at the end of the episode. And then Skinner walks out and says, hey, where are they taking Reggie? And so, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, yeah, the other the other famous Mandela effect is that, that there seems to be a large proportion of the population who have this memory of a, a movie from the Shazam. 80s or 90s. Yeah, called Shazam starring the comedian Sinbad. Uh, but that never happened. Like people have like very specific memories of a uh, of a poster and and the you know, the, the box and they just cannot be convinced otherwise. Although there was a movie called Kazam starring Shaquille O'Neal, but they'll say, no, 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 that was a takeoff on it. That was a ripoff of, so yeah, it's, so it's, it's a funny thing to begin with and then they just build on it. Uh, so it was really good. Um, uh, my, my take on the, the followers episode, I thought it was really clever. The, especially the lack of dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although, that was refreshing. Like almost every TV show. They don't do computer stuff right. Like there was so many times where I'm like, that just you can't. That wouldn't happen. That can't happen. That you know. But yeah. Um, but I thought like sort of the, you know, for example, they're never going to have drone delivery in Washington D.C. That's not going to happen. <laughs> they're never going to well, allow drones to fly around. Um, technically, she's in Georgetown, but okay. Uh, even then, uh, but uh, the the. It does play on the fears of technology, and especially given that uh, both Mulder and Scully are now 
sort of in that older generation for whom the technology, especially Mulder, is sort of a a, a bit of a um, Luddite when it comes to technology. And so there's this, you know, especially when he takes the baseball bat to the drones and sort of a has that anti-technology focus and whereas Scully is our scientist and her house is full of technology, like yeah. beyond Total smart house. Yes. Yeah. Um, so just, it was, which uh, by the that. way, I found totally implausible for the character, but anyway, right, right. So yeah, that I, house was too austere. I thought they, they hung a lantern on it where Mulder, you know, when he finally gets over to Scully's house, he says to her, why is your house so much nicer than mine? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. Uh, she does, but like like most people on TV, they make more money than they should. Um, yeah. So Although I, Mulder, Mulder conspicuously, I mean, he's always like lived in an apartment and slept on a futon, so he hasn't exactly focused on building a nice nest for himself. Right. Exactly. One thing that we actually we discovered uh, together as we were preparing for the to start recording the show is um, the the former child actor Haley Joel Osment, who was the the boy in the Sixth Sense. I see dead people. Um, he uh, spoiler spoiler. <laughs> he uh, <laughs> yeah spoiler for a twenty year old movie. Um, he is actually guests in this uh, in this season. He was in the episode Kitten um, and. When you see it, you don't. I didn't recognize him, but now that I, I, I know, no I look back, and now I totally see him in this older man. So um, he's so that episode is one that explores uh, Skinner's backstory and mm-hmm. his history as a soldier in Vietnam, and some exposure to like chemicals and stuff that happened back then, and then now the son of his former army buddy played by Haley Joel Osment is kind of taking revenge and is sort of the main enemy in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I really, I liked that episode in particular, there was nothing supernatural in it. There was nothing right. paranormal. It was, it was, it, it was, it was a nice change to have something that was that believable in terms of, you know, just people got exposed to chemicals in Vietnam and it caused mental problems. And now we're playing out the consequences of that. You know, a, a typical like set of X-Files episodes, there's sort of this template. You have the weird conspiracy episode episodes. You have an episode that's full of just gore and bloody destruction, uh, which was like nothing lasts forever. We can talk about that in a second. Yep. Um, the funny madcap adventure, which was the lost art of forehead sweat. Supernatural spookiness, whether it was a uh, familiar, another one we can talk about in a second. Um, and then... Things that are explained by, but that aren't at all supernatural, but are explained by, you know, some scientific phenomenon or something else like that. Um, and I agree. Like, I, I kind of liked Kitten as an exploration of Skinner, you know, who like mm-hmm. who was always this, you know, this interesting character in the background, the secondary character of the original series. over time. Yeah. I mean, he was sort of the grown up in the room, frankly. And uh, and. And I like the fact that in in that episode, we get the sense that Skinner has suffered in his career because of his support of Mulder and Scully. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and, and, and absolutely. And, and it, that's go ahead. No, go, go on. Go on. No, I'm just it was say, really, it was I, really I, nice that they added that to his character, that he's paid a price to support Mulder and Scully that added depth to his character. Yeah. Um, absolutely. It, I, yeah. I really loved familiar. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, I did too. That was a good one because because I thought that it really went back to the classic monster of the week um, from from mm-hmm. the original run of the series. Yeah. Um, 
for me, that was finally they hit classic X Files in yeah. that episode. For for people who who may not be familiar with that episode, <laughs> no pun intended, um, <clears throat> it's 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 one that occurs in New England, and basically, even though it's set in Connecticut, it's it basically riffs off the Salem witchcraft trials, and so there's a kind of modern witchcraft thing happening in the woods, and uh, and and it's it's very nicely done. I really liked, by the way, um, they, they, so in this episode, they have a children's program that's a ripoff of, of Teletubbies called yeah. Bibble, Bibble Tiggles. <laughs> and, and on this show, they have a kind of a creepy Howdy Doody-like character called Mr. Chuckleteeth, who children start seeing and disappearing these characters from this TV show, especially Mr. Chuckleteeth. And wow, is he creepy? I, and I, just, I would never let my child watch that show. They would have nightmares. Yeah. yeah I had nightmares after that episode. Well, yeah. And they, Mr. Chuckleteeth has his own theme song that children sing whenever he's around and he's prancing about and stuff. And it's really creepy. Uh, you know, so um, I used to live in Salem, Massachusetts, uh, the site of the witch trials, and I knew uh, some folks um, who had been involved with witchcraft at the time and who had left and become Catholic. From the 1690s, really? Uh, wow. Maybe. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> today, actually. There are witches running around Salem today. Um, yeah. Um, and uh, they, the stuff they told me about. It's scary stuff. Not something you want to mess around with. Um, there's real things that happen. It's from a from a perspective of us, um, a believing Catholic with a you know the supernatural is real, <laughs> and those things can happen. Um, and so it was kind of scary to watch how it was really about the unintended consequences of our actions, wasn't it? This familiar episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, a woman was trying to curse her adulterous husband, but it got out of control. Right. I mean, the, the fact is, is when you dabble in evil, evil has a way of of, you know, hurting you and the ones you love and, you know, the people around you. I think that was sort of the message. I mean, you know, that everyone ended up doing horrible things. I mean, the 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 four adults who were injured were themselves responsible for all of the bad. Um, it, it, I, I, I don't like. As a parent, I don't like shows where kids get hurt. So, uh, yeah, neither do so I. So this one, as while it was a good story, uh, that really just that really creeped me out. I didn't like. <laughs> I just uh, you know it's you, it's understandable. I don't like seeing kids get hurt, but uh, I mean it affects me emotionally. But um, it was a good story, and especially the, the the message there, which is don't you know forgiveness is better than. Um, than, Unleashing than, hell on people. <laughs> better than revenge. Literally. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, familiar uh, has that has a double intended message. A familiar in witchcraft is a creature that the witch controls um, as a as a sort of partner in in magic. But in the sense, it's also the familiar the the people. <laughs> The people around you, the ones you're most familiar with, are the ones who are most dangerous to you. I think it's sort of what was going on there. Um, yeah. By the way, there's a really neat little bit at the end of that episode where there's a role reversal between Mulder and Scully because they've at the at the climax of the episode, they're out in the woods. There's a woman in a magic circle with a magical tome who's trying to seal the portal to hell that she's at, that she's open to curse her husband and she uh, 
uh, she goes up in flames. She refuses to stop the incantation. She continues the incantation and whoosh, the flames go out of control and she burns to death, apparently. And afterwards, there's this ex the Mulder and Scully are talking about this and and proposing explanations for it. And normally, as you mentioned, Dom, Scully's the rationalist and Mulder is the believer in weird phenomena. And this time, though, Scully leaps to the logical conclusion and says, fires of hell. And Mulder <laughs> is the one who says, well, it could have been this natural thing burning, too. You know, so um, so there's a kind of neat little reversal there. Well, speaking of of Scully's faith, let's let's jump into the Nothing Lasts Forever episode, mm -hmm. which which has a lot of Scully's Catholic faith in it, although. Uh, the, they Hollywood, never get it right. The Hollywood they depiction of Catholicism. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know what they, they were, what, get it right. what church they were in, but that was no Catholic mass. That's for sure. It was when, meant to be, but yeah. it wasn't. Um, I, so the the but she was lighting a lot of candles. Yes, well, lots of candles. That's the interesting thing. Actually, the other half of Hollywood depiction of Catholicism is they always depict the. The smells and bells aspect. That's what what makes Catholicism sort of stand apart from other things. Uh, candles, chant. Incense. Incense. All those things were going on in the background. So it was kind of funny. I, 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 I'd like to know what church has a, a chant going on at all hours of the day and night, but that's okay. Maybe they're piping it in um, or the, the choir is practicing. Um, but the, the, the premise is, um, and it's a very thin premise, uh, frankly, um, People are being abducted and their organs stolen and uh, in what looks like a ritual killing, the organs are being consumed by this vampire-like cult uh, led by this doctor and his um, basically uh, the equivalent Former of Mary TV star yeah. wife. Yeah, sort of Mary Tyler Moore, <laughs> who has or Lucille Ball or Lucille Ball. Right. Who uh, who is uh, unnaturally young. Looking, she should be in her eighties, yeah. and she looks like she's in her thirties. Yeah. This guy's doing this guy's doing mad science involving harvesting other people's organs to promote longevity, right? Which is actually ties into some recent science that um, suggests that older people benefit from infusions of younger people's blood. That's interesting. Um, <clears throat> too many weird jokes. Uh, that's why we have kids. Yeah. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> Son, I need something from you. Uh, so, um, the, as as part of so as part of the, the the so there's also this young woman who's trying to rescue her her sister from the cult, um, and she's become sort of this um, holy avenging angel. You know, uh, she, you know, she knows what she's doing is wrong by killing these people, but she's trying to save her sister, um, and she's seeking forgiveness from God in, in some aspect of it. Um, which is really weird because she's taken as her um, as her pet Bible verse, uh, I will repay. And right. so that's what she's doing. She's repaying these people for what they've done. But actually, that verse is vengeance is mine, says the Lord. <laughs> I will repay. You're not supposed to be repaying people. I'm going to take care of that. Right. So she's usurping God's role and using this as her pet Bible verse. We actually get a few uh, Bible quotes. We get to Psalm 91, uh, those who love me, I will deliver. And then she quotes mm -hmm. a John 8, those who commit sin are the servants of yeah. sin. Uh, so we get all, a lot of also Bible quotation. If you, 
if you there are a couple of Easter eggs. If you look on in the church uh, on the scripture readings board for the readings for the day, and they're all one verse long, which is like not what you're going to have. I mean, these are not real Bible readings. <laughs> yeah. But if you look up the other two, besides the one from Romans about vengeance is mine, I will repay, you look up the other two and their texts uh, about like, I will clothe myself in beauty and stuff like that, which refers to the, the former TV star who has not aged since the 1960s. So a uh- so apart from the gross out parts, which I want to think about the gross out parts, um, I want to kind of jump into Scully's faith in this. Um, there's this whole at the end, this whole discussion of faith in prayer and Mulder's lack of belief. Um, Maria, you had talked talked about earlier how uh, X Files was a factor in your uh, reconversion to the Catholic faith. Was it was it Scully's faith? You know, her Catholic faith in. in part of that or what was it that that drew you back because of this well it was a it was a combination of Mulder's seeking and um and and scully's initial rejection you know in her youth of the faith and her trying to reconcile things later um so the i want to believe poster um really really spoke to me not about aliens but about god you know i wanted Mm -hmm. to feel i wanted I wanted I wanted an experience that I, I think is not a real experience. I think that you know faith is about the commitment and faith is about doing the thing, you know, and going to to mass and doing the prayers even when you're not feeling it because it's not about feeling it, it's about praise and worship. And um and so I I found that as as characters Mulder's seeking of of something is part of the journey. And actually in, in preparation for that, I pulled out uh, a quote from Fulton Sheen. He says, not everyone gives a name to the infinity toward which he tends and for which he yearns, but it is what the rest of us call God. And, and so I always felt that, that of the two, it was Mulder who was seeking God. He was seeking the truth. And, and so I was really pulled into that. Um, Scully's Catholicism gave, I, I think gave uh uh, gave wings to my search for truth in the Catholic church. Um, so it was both of them and mm. their relationship. So I became, I, I, I confess to being a shipper, <laughs> a relationshipper. And, um, and so for me, I was really drawn to, to their relationship and how together they were really moving towards the same thing. Um, and even in that, in that episode at the end, when, uh, when, Mulder and, and, and Scully are talking in the church in front of the candles and, and he says, well, he doesn't pray, but he believes in her. And, and so he somehow believes that his prayer or his lack of prayer or whatever his prayer is, is going to manifest itself through her. And, and so I thought that it was beautiful, you know, in terms of the relationship that they can together maybe reach some good. Hmm. And, um, and, and if I, if I, if I could quote another saint, I think it was Saint um, Edith Stein, Saint Teresa Benedict of the Cross, who who said, like many other saints have said, you know, the search for good is the search for God. Um, so those two together, I think, are the ones that made me consider what the search was that I was searching for. What is the truth that I was searching for, and and that ultimately the truth was God. So that was kind of fragmented, but but really. Yeah in little pieces here and there throughout the series, um, what brought me back to really seriously 
going a little deeper in, in, in with the faith for myself. You know, it's very interesting that Mulder, you know, his his catchphrase is that poster, I want to believe. And yet it's in some ways, it's not so much that he wants it. He believes everything, <laughs> like everything well, that comes down the pike. Every, everything but except, except for God. E- yeah. Except, except for God. God. Yes, exactly. Um, and, yeah. and it's and it's kind of funny when you think about it. And the one thing that Mo- that Scully believes that Mo- God, but that, nothing else, but nothing else. Yeah. And, and so together they're kind of helping each other come to come to grips with mm-hmm. both the realities of whatever the crazy supernatural world that Mulder is in and the reality of God that, that Scully is in. I mean, I kind of liked that. Like I didn't really like much of the rest of that episode, um, but I liked that last scene, which kind of made it worth it, which was them kind of grasping together at, at some some reality of whatever whatever brings them together there's something mm-hmm. that has always mm-hmm. brought them back together and there's something that unites them and you know that part, it's 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 faith this they have they both have faith they have faith in something beyond themselves but more but they also have faith in each other and what the other person believes even if they one don't of the, one of the nice things about their relationship is the way they complement each other with Mulder representing faith and in a sense and Scully representing reason um it, it, and I like how they've kind of divided those roles so that they each have a little bit of faith and they each have a little bit of skepticism um, and they they mirror each other in that way. Uh, that's neat. It also reflects um, their their respective roles as the archetypes of faith and reason also uh, reflect a sentiment that's been expressed in various different ways in his encyclical Fides et Ratio, which is Latin for faith and reason, uh, Pope John Paul II, now a saint, um, expressed this sentiment by saying faith and reason are like the wings of the soul, that you need both faith and reason if you want to fly. Um, Science fiction writer J. Michael Straczynski said the same thing back in the 1990s on the TV show Babylon 5 by saying faith and reason are like the shoes on your feet. You get farther with both of them than you do with just one. And that's essentially the dynamic that plays out on the X-Files. So um, uh, we're coming to the close of our time. And I, we, there are two other episodes that we, we didn't really talk about um, uh, in the, from the beginning of the season. There was an episode this and the episode plus one. Uh, this yeah. Uh, written and directed by Glenn Morgan, another longtime uh, X Files uh, veteran, um, it featured one of the uh, the three of the lone gunmen. Now, I mm-hmm. I have to be honest, I don't remember when the lone gunman died in the series, so I was a little lost at the beginning. Was it during one of the movies that they died, or during the no. series? They they had their own spinoff series in two thousand one, which. Ironically, in the first episode of their spinoff series, it had a plane attack on the World Trade Center. Oh, wow. And this was like a few months before 9-11. And um, but it only lasted like 13 episodes or so. And then to tie up the cliffhanger from their own series, they did a an episode of the X-Files. This was late in the X-Files, but they did an episode where the three of them sacrificed themselves to save the world from a biological threat. And since then, that's been a problem because these were very popular characters and they keep trying to find ways to sort of bring them back without just undoing their death. Um, They had them appear as ghosts in the season nine finale. They had them appear in a hallucination in last season, in season 10. And then in this one, 
in the episode this, we get a digital recreation of Langley's consciousness that's like trapped in in this computer and being used for nefarious purposes along with other cyber consciousnesses of various people. And he's he manages to get a message through to Mulder and Scully asking them to shut down the computer. I thought this was just weak. There were yeah. I mean, I love Langley. I'd rather just undo their death and bring all three characters back. You right. know, um, th- this is just a weak it- way to do it. It's not satisfying to have this kind of handicapped version of Langley. It felt cliched. And frankly, I, I you can see a mile off that even if they, you know, take an axe to the computer that that Langley and the other consciousnesses are in, there's going to be a backup. And that's <laughs> right. exactly what they did. There's a backup. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Just as usual, like I said before, uh, TV shows with computers, they just they never do it right. And just it drives me crazy. Um, also, you know, the, the way they walked into this very secret NSA building. Just yeah. Like, oh, crazy. Don't mind him. I don't actually actually have ID, <laughs> but we're, we're supposed to be here. Oh, OK. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've actually walked into an NSA building once. Really? Uh-huh. Just about everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I won't go into that, but let me just tell you that. Did, did, uh, did they let you smash fingerprints their later. supercomputer? Shh. <laughs> 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 uh, it doesn't work that way. Mm, it doesn't yeah. work that way. Yeah, I watched. Yeah, you know, actually, I like that episode though, because I like Langley. I like the I like the lone gunman. Yeah. And, uh, I, I I wasn't very satisfying the way it ended with the stupid phone going off again, but right I um, did like and that's the thing is it, coming back. Uh, it was frustrating because I wanted more of the lone gunman, not not, yeah. not less, but yeah, exactly. And, and th- they did plant a seed of doubt in this episode that well, did they really die or not? And so mm. they they ha- there's a little crack open that they could exploit to bring him back, and if they mm-hmm. do another season, I hope they just. Do that just bring because back. that's what the fans really want. <laughs> I love the puzzle in the uh, in the in the, uh, the the cemetery in Arlington National Cemetery uh, mm-hmm. that they had to solve. I, I really classic X Files solving a puzzle. I, it's it's great. I like that. By the way, we also got a name finally for uh, the original insider helping Mulder from back in season one, who was known as at that time only as Deep Throat. Right. But we got to see his tombstone. And so we got to know his name now. Yeah. uh, And that actor turned out to be it was supposed to be a one shot for that actor. He turned out to be one of the most popular characters and, uh, you know, guest characters. And it was a great actor. Um, I think Mm -hmm. I think he's passed away. I think I looked him up. I think he's passed away, uh, if Mm -hmm. I remember correctly. Um, and then plus one was the other one, which was uh, the, the twi- hangman telepathic hangman game. <laughs> yeah, the, the twins killing people with telepathic hangman um, is a- another great monster of the week. Yeah, yeah. it was odd and like- different, but uh, <clears throat> there there is actually one more episode that we didn't talk about. Ghoulie. Oh, right. Which right. is is the yeah. one that's it's kind of a version of of the Slenderman legend that's popular among young people today, and so we have. Um, we have these teenagers who are encountering this urban legend called Ghoulie, which is a monster that is basically a ripoff of Slender Man. Um, but that lets us get involved with uh, Mulder and Scully's son. And so this is the first time we've seen him except as a baby 
or just a brief flash of something telepathically. This is the first time he's really appeared on camera, and we've gotten a sense of like the fact he's able to trick others into thinking he looks like another person. And in fact, we find out he does that to Scully. Um, he appears as this older Asian gentleman who talks to her, and then we learn, oh, that's really William. Um, and uh, and so it's kind of it's kind of nice to get to see their son a little bit, even though they don't end up making connections with him because it's not the season finale. <laughs> well, it was really weird that this they set up this episode to be about Ghoulie, this Slender Man analog. Um, but they kind of just dropped that like within within you know the first 10 minutes. And then it's just all about. Uh, Mulder William. and Scully's uh, son, yeah, William, yeah. and trying to get him, get him, and get him away from the, you know, the the government agents, uh, the nefarious government agents. Um, so there was well, they had to set it up some way for the finale. Yeah, and I think that's what it was. And, it was just uh, a setup. I did like that last scene where he was kind of talking to her, and it, it sort of has, uh, you know, as the as this older Asian man, this doctor, um, and he sort of sets it up like. Um, you see it in two different ways. First, as as this guy talking to her, and then when you realize it's her son, how he was, you know, kind of, kind of thanking her for being his mom, you know, in a way, uh, and saying mm -hmm. how much he would have liked to have known her. I mean, this is sort of a, if you want to take it to a bigger in a bigger realm, uh, you know, this idea of uh, a children of adoption. Mm -hmm. You know, the parents who give up their, you know, especially moms who give up their children for adoption often feel guilt and loss. Uh, it's, it's like a, Scully totally does, but she felt but, she but had to, to protect yeah. him. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, and, and especially um, moms who do that today often give up their children uh, because to protect they, them from aliens right? yeah, I mean, <laughs> or other things in their lives. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> And, and in this case, and, and the, but that's what made the finale so unsatisfying. Exactly. Is it how, how does she have a reversal from that episode to the end? Yeah. Right. Also, right. by the way, I'm notice, sorry, I cut you off. Go, go ahead. Oh, no. Notice in, I mean, Dom, you were mentioning earlier how we have the different threat categories in each episode this season. We've got, you know, mad science. We've got supernatural. We have biomedical. We've got computers. We've got all these different threat categories. But what we don't have is aliens. Aliens right. have like, I mean, we're told basically in the first episode of the seasons, the aliens have lost interest in Earth. And 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 we have nothing with aliens now. They're kind of a group that's sort of maybe preparing for human colonization of space, but we don't really get a payoff with that, even though they mention it in a couple of episodes. And the series is kind of like a fillet at this point. It's lost <laughs> its spine. Right. Well, that whole thing about the human colonization of space bit, they just kind of they set it up as like this big thing in the first in the first episode. In the last episode, they kind of just toss it out by by Mulder shooting the guy and walking away. I mean, wh why? <laughs> well, I don't even know what that was about. Like, what was? Why yeah. did he end up shooting the guy? And what's wrong with colonizing space? Right, well, they're only going to take you know the elites or something. You know, it was. I don't know. It yeah. was. Yeah, you're right. I mean, we we have kind of lost that thread of, and I think it's part of it might be the movie. The movie kind of wrapped it up for us. It, hey, look, the aliens were really there. There's the aliens. And even the first season, the first episode of last season where they showed the Roswell crash and they showed the, you know, what happened with the alien. They kind of, they kind of just opened it all up. They kind of, you know, uh, paid it all off. 
in well, that first they, episode. I would disagree because we had, I mean, we were always building in the original series up to some sort of alien apocalypse. And um, and they've never paid that off. The closest we we even saw like visions of it and stuff in the original series, and then they the closest they came was just beginning to pay it off in the final episode of last season, and in this season they just did nothing with it. Right. And what what they could do in the series is basically give us Independence Day, you know, or an the X Files equivalent of Independence Day, where the aliens do invade. And somehow we survive, and then, um, and 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 then at the end of that, say, okay, now it's a new day. But I I, I understand, you know, you you may not want to go there, but that's the logical endpoint, and it would be more satisfying to pay that off than to just lose interest in the whole alien thread. You know, it would be awesome if we had the. Well, don't you think that's the? But go ahead, go ahead, Maria. Don't you think that's don't you think that that's what they set up with with William getting getting out of the water at the end? That it's kind of like I mean, that to me reminded me of Friday the 13th and you know <laughs> himself coming back in the middle of the lake. But anyway, that's what he set up, because even if Scully doesn't return, even if uh, Gillian Anderson chooses not to return, the series can now take over well, with, with William. It, it, I mean, it's called Salvador mm-hmm. Mundi, who's the savior of the world. Mm. Is it William or is it this this birth mm-hmm. of the new of the Mulder child? What is it? <laughs> I, is it? I guess we'd have to wait until the season 12 to find out. My my point is just that they, they I think they I think they underused the alien element in this season, which is a key component of the X-Files overall arc. Mm -hmm. And it's just like they just lost interest in it this season and didn't do anything with it. They needed to do something. Even I mean, they could have even brought in new aliens we've never seen before. And it's like, okay, here's a rival faction that's been fighting the Greys all this time in outer space that we didn't know Mm -hmm. about and done something with them. You know, it'd be awesome in the final final season. Um, the alien invasion happens, and every monster that they've ever had in all eleven seasons has to band together <laughs> to fight off the alien invasion. <laughs> all the werewolves, all the witches, all the invisible men. Thank you, Infinity War, <laughs> the greatest mashup of all time. Actually, that's that's kind of the that's kind of the series finale for Fringe. <laughs> yeah, that's right, exactly. <laughs> Which was uh, the the other X Files, but that's a, that's yeah. another that's another secrets of episode. That's another uh, show. Uh, all right, well. Um, just to sort of wrap it up, any any last thoughts? I mean, we sort of have some last, last thoughts uh, on this season. Um, anything else you want to say about it? Uh, uh, I, I'll start by saying it was better than that first episode led me to believe it was going to be. Um, yes. and, I'm, and I'm happy. I'm glad that Jimmy convinced me to watch the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would say it's it's a mix. It's I'm profoundly mixed about the series. Um, I, I I there were individual episodes I liked. There were individual episodes, especially the Chris Carter ones, I hated. Um, I would be interested in seeing more X Files, but I'm a, I, I would like to see it continue to improve. I'd, I'd like to see more stuff with aliens, and I'd like if they're if they're. I'd like to see them eventually uh, get us to the obvious terminal endpoint of the series, which is dealing with a serious alien invasion. How about you, Maria? Yeah. Well, that's fair enough. 
Well, I just I just look at it in in the big picture. It's it's almost like it's different different shows. You know, it has it has uh, th- those early years and the uh, the illness arc with Scully, and then the comedy years, which were I think great episodes. Um, and I think that the X Files strength, I think, is really talking about the, the metaphysical things. You know, not not the alien invasions. That's just kind of a backdrop for me. My favorite episode of all time was the one with God, with um, Burt Reynolds. Reynolds as God. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah. was that was a yeah, that yeah, was, that a, was... F- a very interesting episode. <laughs> that was my all time favorite. I love I love I love in that episode where Burt Reynolds as God is playing three card Monty with a serial killer, <laughs> and the serial killer keeps losing, and and Burt Reynolds says to him, "There's a trick to this game, you know." Make better choices. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I'm viewing this as just another one of those like mini, mini uh, series of uh, of the show. But yeah, I think that that, that uh, I absolutely agree with you, Jimmy, that it's got to end apocalyptically because <laughs> otherwise I, the title of this last episode doesn't make any sense. Right. The mm-hmm. struggle has to end at some in one way or the other yeah. you know the I, tagline last, right. salvatore monday was that the tagline the tagline well, the yeah. title is the my salvatore, struggle for yeah. but the tagline that they had instead yeah, of the, the truth tagline. is out there was salvatore monday right 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 salvatore you know one of the things i thought last season when they brought in uh, those those young agents lauren ambrose and robbie amell that they were getting ready to bring in the replacement from Mulder and scully yeah. um, they were a hoot i liked them yeah uh, liz einstein which is a funny name. She'll be the scientist and kid Miller. Um, <laughs> and uh, it, which is also another funny, they, they both have trait names. Yeah. A little, yeah. little on the nose there, yeah. but the, it was, um, I, I thought that was interesting. We didn't see them. We saw them once in this season, sort of in passing, um, which was a little disappointing. Uh, I don't, maybe things changed in the last two years for those two actors. Um, but, uh, it seemed like they were bringing them in to, to kind of promote them up. Um, but, yeah, I'd I'd like to see more, and I'd like to see more better. Uh, honestly, um, I think that's I think that's uh, my my take, uh, and I, I'm in agreement with you guys. So, so that's that's our take. Um, what was you, what did you think, uh, listener, of this last latest season? Uh, hopefully, not the last season of the X Files, or maybe you think it should be the last season. Uh, let us know by visiting sqpn.com uh, or go to the SQPN Facebook page. Uh, leave us some feedback. You can find links to all our personal social media and websites on our show notes on sqpn.com. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to ensure that you receive all future installments of The Secrets of Movies and TV Shows. We've got plenty more coming up. We've got big plans for this series. Um, we're going to be talking about your favorite shows and movies, so uh, stay tuned. Until then, uh, Jimmy Aiken, thank you for sharing in The Secrets of the X-Files. Thank you, Dom. Uh, and Maria Johnson, thank you as well. Thanks, gentlemen. And once again, I'm Don Bettinelli, and remember, the truth is out there.